We know Alfonso, but not well. We don't know the inner workings of the board at all, but it just feels like this has escalated in a way that was unnecessary. I'm being treated differently, I believe, because of my race. I think it doesn't help having a public spat over it. James Beard, American Food Authority, coming up on the Rainbow Minute. To this Way Out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine. I'm Lucia Chappell. Zurich Pride pushes Swiss marriage equality, HRC's David denies wrongdoing and Cuomo controversy, and prelate and pop star Carl Bean remembered. All that and more this week, now that you've discovered This Way Out. I'm Joe Bainline. And I'm Elena Botkin-Levy. With Newswrap. A summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending September 11, 2021. More than 20,000 people marched in the annual Zurich, Switzerland LGBTQ Pride Parade on September 4th, proclaiming, You can do it, marriage for everyone, now. Each house of the Swiss Parliament voted for a marriage for all bill by more than two to one margins in December. However, conservative opponents petitioned to force a public referendum on the issue, scheduled for September 26th. The Alpine Nation currently only offers lesbian and gay couples civil unions. It's one of the few Western European countries without marriage equality. The referendum asks Swiss voters to approve marriage equality as well as adoption rights. It also includes access to sperm donations for lesbians and a path to Swiss citizenship for foreign partners. A public opinion poll sponsored by the Swiss queer advocacy organization Pink Cross in November 2020 found a whopping 82% of respondents supported marriage equality. Panama's Supreme Court of Justice unjustly refused to consider yet another marriage equality case on September 7th. This one was filed after the National Directorate Civil Registry of the Electoral Tribunal declined to register a Panamanian gay couple who had legally married in neighboring Colombia in August of 2017. The decision by the Central American Nations High Court defies a 2017 ruling by the Inter-American Court of Human Rights. It ordered all members of the Organization of American States like Panama that had not opened civil marriage to same-gender couples to do so. Panama's Supreme Court has refused to hear marriage equality cases since 2016. The couple is identified in La Prensa newspaper as Juan Francisco Alonso Gonzalez and Juan David Para Duque. Their lawyer, Carlos Ernesto Gonzalez Ramirez, told the newspaper that they will go to the Inter-American Court of Human Rights for denial of justice. Missouri homophobes have forced the removal of an exhibit about the LGBTQ rights movement in Kansas City from the state capitol. The traveling exhibit created by historians at the University of Missouri-Kansas City, is entitled Making History, Kansas City and the Rise of Gay Rights. It opened on August 30th for its planned four-month run in the Missouri State Museum, located on the first floor of the state capitol. Two days later, it was pulled after some Republicans howled that it promoted homosexuality. 
State Senator Greg Razor is the chamber's only openly queer member and was appalled that the exhibit had suddenly disappeared. Razor demanded an explanation from the state park's officials who manage the museum and from their boss, Director Drew Bunton of the Department of Natural Resources. Spokeswoman Connie Patterson claimed that the exhibit was removed because the department did not follow a state law that requires it to coordinate museum activities with the Board of Public Buildings. Republican Governor Mike Parson offered the same rationale. That seemed like a convenient excuse to State Senator Razor. He told the Kansas City Star, I think it is the epitome of cancel culture that they just want to cancel my history. 30 years ago, there wouldn't be an openly gay man in the state Senate. The Missouri Independent did some digging and found that the Board of Public Buildings had never discussed museum exhibits in the past five years. A former museum director told the paper that, in 24 years, he never had to seek approval from the board regarding exhibits. House Minority Leader Crystal Quaid bluntly called the official excuse a lie. In a letter to Natural Resources Department Director Drew Button, she wrote, If you stick to your story that the LGBTQ exhibit had to come down because the Board of Public Buildings didn't approve it, then to be consistent, that means stripping the Missouri State Museum bare. Quaid charged that failure to restore the exhibit to the museum would be tacit admission that you and the governor have caved to homophobia and engaged in content-based discrimination, the very thing your lie was intended to avoid. John Wallace used to teach speech, theater, and world mythology at Missouri's Neosho Junior High School. He was forced to resign after a few parents complained that the proudly gay man was teaching his students to be gay or that he was pushing his agenda in the classroom. Just how did Wallace do all of that? In his words, I had signs above my whiteboards that read, In this classroom, everyone is welcome, and an LGBTQ plus pride flag on my bookshelf. He insists that nothing was ever taught about the flag and describes it as a reflection of my classroom as a safe space for my LGBTQIA plus students. In a letter to Wallace obtained by the Springfield News Leader, District Superintendent Jim Cummins ordered him to take down the signs and the pride flag. Cummins wrote, Our classrooms cannot become a personal platform for pushing one's personal agenda. If you are unable to present the curriculum in a manner that keeps your personal agenda on sexuality out of your narrative and the classroom discussions, we will ultimately terminate your employment. The newsleader says Wallace has filed a formal complaint with the Office of Civil Rights of the U.S. Department of Education. A pride flag also got an Iowa high school teacher in trouble, and his students are getting into good trouble on his behalf. Literacy teacher Lucas Kaufman kicked off the school year by sharing a Things That Describe Me presentation with his students. The pride flag was one of the slides. When his students asked directly, he responded honestly that he's bisexual. The conservative Iowa Standard website pounced. Winterset Community School District Superintendent Justin Gross refused to provide specifics, but confirmed to the Des Moines Register that Kaufman was on administrative leave after concerns about his presentation had been raised. More than 100 of Kaufman's students walked out of class on September 7th in protest. Some had pride flags draped over their shoulders. 10th grader Kiana Nubro launched a Change.org petition demanding justice for Mr. Kaufman and LGBT plus community. The petition reads in part, He admitted to his students after being asked that he was bisexual. 
He wanted to make sure that the LGBTQ plus students at the school know that he was a safe person to talk to and an ally for them. It is absolutely unjust and downright disgusting that government officials have now made this whole situation political. As of September 11th, more than 3,100 people have signed the petition. The Roman Catholic Archdiocese illegally fired a gay North Carolina teacher after he announced his engagement on Facebook, according to a federal judge. U.S. District Judge Max Cogburn Jr. ruled that when Charlotte Catholic High School and the diocese dismissed Lonnie Billard, They violated last year's U.S. Supreme Court Bostock ruling. That decision banned workplace bias based on sexual orientation or gender identity. According to local TV station WCNC, Cogburn's ruling notes Billard's positive work evaluations and his Inspirational Educator Award from North Carolina State University. Charlotte Catholic itself honored him as Teacher of the Year in 2012. The diocese argued that Billard was advocating against Roman Catholic Church doctrine, but the judge pointed out that he taught drama and English, which are secular subjects. A trial will now determine how much compensation Billard should get. He's asking for back pay and benefits, punitive damages, and compensatory damages for emotional distress. He also wants school and diocesan officials enjoined from doing to others what they did to him. Billard told the Charlotte Observer, I don't think anyone should be fired for who they love. I just wanted to teach. Finally, let's remember some queer heroes of September 11th as millions commemorate the 20th anniversary of those horrific events. National Gay Pilots Association member and American Airlines co-pilot David Charlebois was on Flight 77, which the terrorists crashed into the Pentagon. On board United Airlines Flight 93 from Newark, New Jersey to San Francisco, gay public relations executive and rugby enthusiast Mark Bingham is believed to have been among the passengers who rose up and forced their plane to crash in an empty field near Shanksville, Pennsylvania, instead of either the White House or the U.S. Capitol. Daniel Brandhorst and Ronald Gamboa of California also died aboard that United Airlines flight with their three-year-old son, David Brandhorst. Father Michael Judge served as a Roman Catholic chaplain for the New York City Fire Department and died in the Twin Towers collapse, giving the last rites to a fallen firefighter at the scene. Queer Catholics and their supporters resumed lobbying the Vatican this week to officially canonize the Franciscan priest as a saint. Jesuit priest James Martin told the Associated Press that Father Judge proved that you can be gay and holy. That's News Wrap, global queer news with attitude, for the week ending September 11th, 2021. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucha Chappelle, produced by Brian DeShazer, and brought to you by you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. And you can read the transcript and listen to NewsRap each week by subscribing to our This Way Out radio channel on YouTube. For This Way Out, I'm Elena Botkin-Levy. Stay healthy. And I'm Joe Bainline. Stay safe. My first sermon wasn't from here. <laughs> the first sermon God gave me to give to the world said I'm walking through life in nature's disguise. 
We'll pay tribute to a recording star and preacher later in the program. But first, a tasty Rainbow Minute morsel. James Beard, American Food Authority, coming up now on the Rainbow Minute. What everyone knew about James Beard was he was always enthusiastic about cooking and serving good food. Julia Child described him as a big man over six feet tall with a big belly and huge hands. An endearing and always lively teacher, he loved people, loved his work, loved to gossip, loved to eat, loved a good time. But what most people didn't know was that Beard was gay. His memoir stated he knew at age seven. His mother spoke positively to him about his sexual orientation, for she had gay friends. Beard had a number of male companions up to his death in 1985. Afterwards, his friends and former students established the James Beard Foundation and purchased his Greenwich Village townhouse to house it. The Rainbow Minute is produced by Judd Proctor and Brian Burns at WRIR in Richmond, Virginia, and read by volunteers like me, Michael Mazaris. Hi, I'm Cleve Jones, and you are listening to This Way Out, the international LGBT radio magazine. An informed community is a strong community. The human rights campaign has fired its president, Alfonso David, over his involvement in the Andrew Cuomo scandal. fall of New York Governor Andrew Cuomo amid sexual harassment allegations engulfed a few LGBTQ leaders. Roberta Kaplan and Tisha Chen of the anti-harassment group Times Up were forced to resign. Their names came up in the report of State Attorney General Letitia James in connection with efforts to smear one of Cuomo's accusers. So did the name of Alfonso David, who was fired last week as president of the Human Rights Campaign after refusing to step down. He had called on the organization's board to contract for an independent report into his actions. Andy Hum and Anne Northrup of Gay USA discussed the tangled drama that followed. Now, David spoke out saying that they wouldn't show him the report, and he says the report didn't prove that he did anything wrong, and he said he would not go quietly, but then on Monday night, they, they fired him for cause. The board was unanimous. There were two abstentions, but nobody voted for him, uh, saying his conduct did material damage to the human rights campaign and that they've received hundreds of negative communications about David staying in the job. Well, I, I think it's very complicated. They accuse him of lying about the report. They said they never told him that uh, the report was finished or that it exonerated him. Uh, And so basically they're firing him for uh, bringing opprobrium on the organization and for having a conflict of interest in working with the Cuomo people in the midst of this uh, this scandal about sexual harassment. Yes, I, I think what really irked the board was that he did all this stuff with with the Cuomo people uh, without telling them, without saying, look, you know, I used to work with Cuomo. They're asking me to do this. I'm going to do this. He didn't talk to their counsel. He didn't even think about how it might uh, implicate the organization. Which is certainly a a questionable move. All I'm saying is that there are, uh, I think, several sides to this story. Alfonso is being accused of 
collaborating in the attempt to smear one of the Cuomo employees who charged him, Cuomo, with sexual harassment. Alfonso says, no, I wasn't collaborating in that. I was handing over a paper that uh, I was required to hand over. And when they asked me to review a letter about her, I told them what I thought was wrong with it and I wouldn't sign it. Uh, they said, well, then you, you asked other people to sign it, but the letter was never published. Uh, it's, it's complicated. Uh, you know, we know Alfonso, but not well. Uh, we don't know the inner workings of the board at all. Uh, but it just feels like this has escalated in a way that uh, was unnecessary. And uh, I, I think HRC is embarrassed by the fact that Alfonso's name has been in the news with this scandal. And I think they got a lot of complaints by donors who were upset about Alfonso and by a lot of run-of-the-mill people who were putting comments on uh, Twitter or Facebook or whatever saying, resign, resign, resign. And uh, I, just, I just wonder whether they have jumped the gun on this uh, in firing him. Alfonso tweeted, as a black gay man who has spent his whole life fighting for civil and human rights, they cannot shut me up. Now, we invited you to come on the show, Alfonso, and we did. talk. We're not here. And, uh, we, you know, we invited you. So, look, Alfonso kept saying he did nothing wrong and that he knew nothing about Cuomo's sexual harassment. If he were here, I would say, well, what did you witness in terms of Andrew Cuomo's bullying behavior, which was constant and relentless? Alfonso David may not have responded to Gay USA, but he did grant an exclusive interview to Jonathan Capehart of MSNBC's The Sunday Show. He did not address the question Andy Hum raised, but he explained what he had said to investigators. What they had asked to me was whether anyone had reported harassment, discrimination, or retaliation to me. And the answer was no. We're talking about my experience in the chamber and the knowledge that I had when I was in the chamber. The Gay USA hosts continued the debate. And the other thing is, as the story developed and this stuff came out, um, why didn't you speak up earlier and call for Andrew Cuomo's resignation? Uh, well, he did, he did call for his resignation. When the report came out, he said, I was disgusted. Uh, he called for his resignation. But a lot of stuff came out before that and that he could have talked to the people he knew and say, was, that, was any of this stuff credible? I mean, there were like eight, nine women who were making accusations. He didn't come out early uh, and call for Andrew Cuomo's resignation, as many uh, Democratic uh, elected officials did. Well, the speculation is that this will end in a settlement with him. He's legally challenging his firing. And the prediction is that that uh, legal challenge will end in a settlement between not, not with getting not with getting back his job. I certainly don't expect him to get back his job. I think he's trying to rescue some part of his reputation so he can go on to other jobs. David told Jonathan Capehart that he had more than personal concerns. I took on this organization. This organization was created in the 1980s and largely has been viewed as an organization for white men. And I came on as a black man to really challenge some of the systems that have been ingrained in this institution. 
And I am being treated this way, and I'm being treated differently, I believe, because of my race. We should not forget here that there are instances in the past where presidents of the human rights campaign engaged in activities or made statements that caused disruption, that resulted in reputational harm, if you will, that resulted in protests in front of the organization's building. They were not asked to resign. I was told that there would be an announcement on Saturday if I were to resign to make it quiet over the holiday weekend. They wanted this to go away. But at my core, Jonathan, are my principles. I'm not fighting for me. I'm fighting for all of us. There are people who told me not to resign because I have been fighting to make sure this organization would represent the interests of all of us. And it can't do that if I'm resigning in the dark of night without any evidence of wrongdoing. I think it doesn't help having a public spat over it, uh, you know, but time will tell about that. Our thanks to Andy Hum and Ann Northrup of Gay USA. My name is Harvey Milk, and I'm here to recruit you. Good news. Ain't that good news? Are you signed up for our new e-newsletter, Inside This Way Out? We send them out every few weeks, briefly reviewing recent and previewing upcoming programming and deepening the conversation about your favorite international LGBTQ radio show. All you have to do is email us at info at thiswayout.org. And be assured that we don't share or sell your email address or anything about you to anyone else, and we never will. Again, to receive the occasional Inside This Way Out and let us know you're listening, email us at info at thiswayout.org. Archbishop Carl Bean died on September 7th. He was known around the world for his 1978 hit song, I Was Born This Way, which inspired the similarly titled hit by Lady Gaga. Bean's recording career actually began four years earlier when he formed the R&B gospel mixing group Universal Love. Although Bean says that the group was ahead of the curve, he drew the attention of the Motown producers who matched him with the Bunny Jones song that had previously been recorded by Valentino.
Despite the success of I Was Born This Way, Bean turned down a Motown career and moved to a different calling. Ordained in 1982, he became the founding prelate of a network of African-American LGBTQ churches, Unity Fellowship. Although the way he describes it in one sermon, it was not a very different calling at all. Really good. Do you think Dr. King always wanted to march? Do you think Miss Parks wanted to be manhandled by cops? But she and he allowed the Holy Spirit to manifest in them to do God's perfect work. Get over yourself. Archbishop Carl Bean, rest in power. Thanks for choosing This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. Some program material this week came from Joe Bainline and Elena Botkin-Levy, produced by Brian DeShazer. Special thanks to Gay USA's Anne Northrup and Andy Hum. Edwin Starr, Sam Cooke, Lady Gaga, and Carl Bean performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson composed and performed our theme music. 
This Way Out thanks the Kicking Assets Fund of the Tides Foundation, the Ivana Foundation, a bequest from Christopher David Trentum, and donors David Hunt and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email tworadio at aol.com, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For coordinating producer Greg Gordon and everyone at This Way Out, I'm Lucia Chappelle. Thanks for listening online at thiswayout.org and on 4BI, Fortitude Valley, Queensland, CFHM Local 107.3 FM, St. John, New Brunswick, WOMR, Provincetown, Massachusetts, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned, y'all.